Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you're joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and my returning co-host, none other than Lyle Southwell. Lyle, how are you doing this I'm morning? I'm doing fantastic this morning. I just don't even know what happens on The Breakfast Show anymore. Yeah, so I'm like, what do all, I even talk about right it's now? It's all switched up. The, the Double L team has you know, broken up a while ago, but you're back in this morning feeling in for a, a really sick Danuta. So shout out Danuta this morning. We're hoping that she can get better and, and start feeling well again because you know we want to get you out of here as soon as possible. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, how are you? I'm what have you been up to? I have... I, I have been busy organising evangelistic projects right across the conference. Wow, that is awesome. So that's North New South Wales. North, yes, I, yeah, what am I... See, here I am back on radio again, yeah. and I'm so quickly forgetting my audience. Yeah, that's right. Because so the northern half of New South Wales where I've been organising evangelistic projects. Oh, awesome. So getting out and, and organising people to go to specific areas yes. and reach people and, and want to... Tell people about Jesus. That's amazing. Tell people that he's coming back soon. Awesome. Can you share any just brief experiences from that with us that have maybe happened recently where you've just been able to see God really work and reach people? So I am seeing churches working together that I never expected to see working together before. Wow. You know, and this is one of those things where, you know, it's a, it's, it's the human factor. Mm. We all like to have our own little silo, our own little, uh, I guess, power base, whatever it might be, and we mm. don't like to share. And we get worried if, if our members go from this church to that church. And I'm seeing a spirit of cooperation that, uh, I truly never expected to see. Wow. And, uh, you know, churches that are able to work together, to combine resources together, that are able to cooperate with each other, that are able to um, promote each other's programs, that are able to send their members to another church's program, stuff like that's been really, really Oh, awesome. wow. Fantastic. The unity of the body to reach the world. Well, coming up into in our show today, we are going to have Gary Kent in the studio with us this morning doing a fantastic interview talking about all the his evangelistic exploits that are happening right across Australia and yeah, he's he doing in a the local community. Australia-wide project coming up. And we're going to be having some amazing news and a Bible study on Ephesians. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our first quiz for today. Now, this is your penultimate day of questions that we're going to be asking because the draw is going to be happening tomorrow. So guys, make sure you're getting those answers in and playing for the hotly contested prize of Heroes of the Bible, which is an amazing board game that we want to give to you for free if you win the draw. Again, our first question, it is, if we will ask, sorry, God says, if we will ask for brass, he will give us this instead. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. The answer is coming out of Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 17. Again, that question was, God says, if we will ask for brass, he will give us this instead. 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. If you know the answer, if you do, again, as I said, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, Heroes of the Bible, the board game. 0491-064-669. Lyle, I've got some good news for you. Okay, let's have it. Remember how, and I, we talked about this on the show before, and we said that roughly each week you're eating about a credit card of plastic. Yeah, it used to be like a year. 
Well, this is so. This is the thing. Now we see that they're saying it's roughly a credit card per week. Well, this was research that came out in 2019. Right. You're eating a credit card per week of plastic. Mm-hmm. That number has now jumped. No way. So, so that's roughly 52 credit cards per year. We're now at 90. In 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 some areas, you're eating ninety thousand because it's fifty two thousand pieces of microplastic equals one credit card a week. Mm-hmm. You're now eating ninety thousand plastic particles per year. In some areas, you know it varies area to area, but in some areas, you're eating ninety thousand plastic particles per year. In the Western world as well, we're talking about the United States and Australia. These kinds of and places. I wonder about the developing world because in the developing world, yes, you have subsistence farming and so forth, but you do have an overuse of plastic and mm-hmm. you do have an overpollution of plastic. There's much more plastic in the water systems mm-hmm. in the developing world because any river that you see pretty much in the developing world these days is pretty much chock full of plastic rubbish. Yes. Um, which, of course, ends up in our oceans and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that is also the water supply for the developing world are those rivers. Mm. And, uh, yeah, wow, you kind of wonder, all right, that's in the, you know, because we're obviously consuming a lot of microplastics because everything is is packaged in plastic. Mm -hmm. But I would say that in the developing world, they're drinking a lot more plastic than what we are because they have a lot more of it in their water systems. That's right. So one huge thing that was suggested by one study that I read in, in regarding the increase of plastics, if you are living in a first world country, like somewhere in Europe or in Australia, that actually suggests you to drink more tap water. It, drinking tap water will re- because the the filtering system on tap water, you know, it's not encased within a plastic bottle that is slowly eroding away, particularly I've read this thing about how in Europe the standard for plastic bottles like and how um, strong they need to be isn't as high as, say, here in Australia. Yeah, and you buy a plastic bottle of water in a developing country yeah. and that thing is flimsy. It, it's, it is. You eh? don't like, get to really use that twice. It's, it's gone after, after one usage. But there is good news to all of this. There's good news. Maybe you're like, I hate tap water. That's disgusting. What are, what are we going to do instead? And I have some friends like that. They, they will not drink tap water. Which just, I'm like, just come on, I'm guys. like, wake up. Like, get throw some, some, throw some, throw some, uh, throw some concrete powder on your <laughs> Oh, you know, throw throw a throw a brocker in there or something, and it'll taste good. Like, or, or mix it with something. Hey, how do you feel about tap water? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But there is some good news. So, some scientists have developed. They developed this water filter using different woods and whatnot, and they found that okay, it was getting rid of like twenty percent of the total plastic, like twenty percent more than a conventional filter and it was like it's like okay cool you know it's it's filtering out this water and most water filters aren't necessarily going for plastic it's more of a treating of bacteria and whatnot whereas this is it was filtering out you know more plastic than your average water filter then they started to use like well biology itself they started to use a protein and an acid that they would mix into the water and this protein and this acid is found in basically every single plant that doesn't have a deep root system 
and it's it works as a something to kind of hold the molecular structure of the plant together in spite of the difficult conditions because it, it doesn't have those deep roots to, to keep it really grounded. Um, and so they started adding this substance, this bacteria and this acid into the water filter and it came up that it would remove 99.9% more but, well, 99.9% of microplastics, but then like almost double the amount of plastics that a regular water filter would remove. remove. Yeah, wow, that's pretty impressive. And again, amazingly, using biology. See, here's the, here's the interesting thing, because when I think about it, my water filter, because I have a water filter at home, mm-hmm. is made out of plastic. Yeah. The water has to run through my plastic water filter to filter out plastic. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, there's charcoal inside of the, you know, the, 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 the canisters mm, or whatever it's inside mm, of it. Mm, mm. But that charcoal is held in place by plastic. Yeah. Well, this is the reality of regular water filters is that it's looking for bacteria. It's looking for dirt as well. Like that's the big thing, particularly if you're, if you're collecting, um, water from, you know, uh, any kind of source. See, here's the solution. I've got the solution. Here we go. Everyone should go back to rainwater. Every house in Australia should have a rainwater tank. Freco just sent in a text message. He says, rainwater straight from God. That's, that's yes, his Yes, yes, yes. And it tastes so good. It does. You know, I've, I've lived off rainwater most of my life. Mm-hmm. And people freak out. They're like, you drink that? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I drink that. There is nothing better than, you know, reverse osmosis filtration in the clouds. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) It does come via my roof, but... (laughs) With all the leaves and the, you know, there's the spiders in there. Well, it's all filtered, of course. Yeah. But Hey, you don't see it, so you don't taste it. And I've never had, I've never heard of somebody having an adverse reaction from rainwater. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit extra protein in there won't do any harm. But hey, let's say you don't live in a place where you've got a big rainwater tank. Well, you live in a place where they won't even let you put one in. Yeah. Oh, well, you live in a place like where I do now, where if I put, I can put a rainwater tank in, but they're not going to stop charging me for my water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is oh, what a stitch up! But hey, this this filter is a fantastic uh, a fantastic solution to this problem. Uh, I got another story here. So, India, we've talked about India a lot in the recent shows, and particularly about the violence against Christians happening in the Manipur region between the Kuki tribe and the Miti tribe, and the persecution of the Kuki tribe by the Miti tribe. Uh, we have been talking about that and we have been highlighting the violence in Pakistan, this area of the world, just constant violence against Christians. India has just landed on the moon. Did you hear about this? I did not. They're the fourth nation so ever out of date to land on the moon. This is what happens when you stop doing breakfast radio. Yeah, you know, you're just not, you're not a, in the, in the news cycle. You suddenly become a mushroom. This is massive news, of course. Every time a moon landing is something like this is is debated, and I I think whether whether they did land on the moon or not, I think what is so interesting about this is that India is in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, uh, in which they're saving resources. For, you know, like for the from the government's perspective, it's like, oh, should we send the military out to to the Manipur area to help civilians like not have their houses burned down and whatnot? Oh, that's a huge expenditure. We might not have the manpower to achieve it. Hey guys, guess what? We just went to the moon. 
Uh, yeah, the moon is the moon is that's a spicy location to get to. That's right. You know, that's not just it's, sending a satellite into space. That's that is like sending something a very very long way away. It, of course, and as well, like they landed on the south pole of the moon, so there was a whole procedure of them, you know, flipping the thing upside down. They had developed this technology. Well, Russia tried to do it actually. 29 days ago or so and they crashed into the moon trying to land on the south pole so the russians failed the indians apparently achieved i mean that's great you know the americans did it in 1969 apparently uh, <laughs> you know I, I use language like that because it is contested but i i just think it's interesting i'm like you know in in a different context i would say wow this is amazing space exploration and you know the enduring human spirit and whatnot but right now i'm just kind of sad about the situation in india and i'm like is is this the step that they should be taking hey let us know you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different we're in the in the in the current news slash temporary setup here in Karikari, Australia, in Karikari, New South Wales, living our best life. We're in the Hunter Valley region here. And Lyle's just, you're just getting back in the groove, aren't yeah, you? I, I, just, just feeling it out again. Yeah. This, this is all new for me. But hey, <laughs> that was Fernando Ortega with Oh God, You Are My God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And we are going to have our next quiz, What King? Did Ezekiel lament about saying he was adorned with sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold, but had become violent and a horror? This one's actually a bit of a tricky one. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This is this is you might you might be thinking you know the answer this morning, but I, I want you to check yourself before you. Wreck yourself. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, that question was, what king did Ezekiel lament about saying he was adorned with sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold, but had become violent and a horror? If you know the answer to that one, you'll go into the draw to win Heroes of the Bible, the board game that we are giving out tomorrow as a result of, you know, spinning the wheel and having the draw and giving it to you absolutely for free. A fantastic game, which comes with the promise that we will try and, yeah, wherever you are here in Australia, if we're in your area, we will come and play the game with you and we will beat you. Or we'll try to. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Lol, what's happening in the world of current news? Yeah, more serious news. Okay, so what I want to talk about this morning is what the I'm going to talk about the United States and mm-hmm. what the Department of Justice in the United States sees as being their greatest domestic threat. So we're talking about domestic terrorism. Oh wow. And so I'm going to compare a few different events. So let's uh, think back over the last two, two and a half years. Mm. So we go back two and a half years. Um, that's going to include something like, for instance, the Capitol Hill riot. Sure. And, you know, any kind of rioting, any kind of violence, we absolutely deplore and condemn. Yeah, absolutely. And as a result of that riot, there were 15 injuries. There was one death. Um, there was over a thousand charges that were made. They weren't mm-hmm. usually very big ones. Most of them were... Um, misdemeanor class B's um, and a few misdemeanor class A's. For those 277 who had a prison sentence, there was um, the median sentence was about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, the damage was 1.5 million, but the Department of Justice, of course, 
is continuing to go after people who were involved. They're now going after the second level. They're saying we're going to go after anybody who was involved in security, anybody who was involved in organising the rally. Mm. Um, they're looking to lay a thousand more charges. So this oh, is wow. um, news that has just come out. So they're going hard on this one. Yeah, and obviously they're going all the way out to the top as well. And they've been oh, yes. trying to... Yeah, they're going <laughs> after the, after, the uh, former president. That's right. And, and rightfully so, because if you've done the wrong thing... yeah. Then you get charged yeah. and you pay the penalty for it's, that. It's cause and effect at the end of the day. They're like, this has happened and so we need to see why. We need to investigate. Then you've got, let's, let's then compare that uh, with the 150 days of BLM riots. Sure. Uh, 25 people died rather than $1.5 million worth of damage. There was $2 billion worth yeah. of damage. And that was the big aspect of the BLM riots was that it was just very much... <laughs> so much snatching, grabbing, so it much was, looting. It was violent. It was violent, and but f- laden with theft was yeah. massively. Yeah. And, and you've got you know your federal courthouse siege in Portland that lasted for what months and so forth. Mm. I can't remember how long that went for. Um, it was repeatedly set on fire and graffitied, and mm-hmm. you know all of this kind of thing. Um, and certainly, there's been a lot of arrests. Uh, related to that, nothing like as much as the Capitol Hill one. The Capitol really? Hill one certainly um, caught the attention of the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Department of Justice set up a national hotline dedicated to catching domestic terrorists. Okay. Not for the Capitol Hill riots. Mm-hmm. Not for the BLM riots. Uh-huh. You know, BLM riots are particularly violent, and violence of, in, in any case, we condemn violence. Mm-hmm. They set up a national hotline for domestic parents to dob in domestic pe- t- terrorists who were parents at school board meetings. Uh, okay, so what now? This is, yes, yes. <laughs> not, not for BLM, not for Capitol Hill, but for parents at school board meetings because they saw this as being the greatest threat threatening the United States. So, okay, they've set up this hotline. You're at a PTA meeting. Okay, so here's how it works. Let me, let me uh-huh. explain how this works. Um, beginning about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. there's been a, a movement at school board meetings where you've got parents who've been standing up absolutely incensed that their children are being sexualized at school. Sure. By the teachers, mm-hmm. by the curriculum, mm-hmm. the children are being groomed and sexualized in the classroom. And that's making parents unbelievably angry. Mm. You know, I can imagine being a parent right now and having to face that with my children in school. I would be very, very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And so you've got whole YouTube channels that are dedicated to, you know, parents speaking out at school board meetings. And some, yeah, of, these yeah. guys are, some of these clips. guys are pretty upset yeah. about what is being done to their children. And rightfully so. So they should be. Yeah. Absolutely. It was actually a story I was going to highlight yesterday, but didn't get the time to from New Jersey because moves have been made in school districts where they've gone, okay, we've seen the parents' reaction to this. We want to, you know, work with the parents on this. But this is coming specifically from New Jersey where they had three school districts try to put in a policy where they had to be notified in regards to the changing of gender identity and, you know, be able to, uh, before sexually you know uh, sexual curriculum was displayed or taught in the classroom and had to be reviewed by parents which was then blocked by the district attorney the district attorney of new jersey because the district attorney steps in and says no you have to keep this secret you have to keep this secret from the parents from the parents and so as you're seeing here there's this big movement from parents and now school boards are even 
catching on. Yes. But the next level up federally, both in, in this sense for the Department of Justice and in here with the district attorney. It so the Department like- of Justice has, has looked at this and they said, okay, this is, this is a major threat. We, we, wow. we could have teachers who are, you know, being firebombed or abused or attacked or whatever as domestic terrorism. In fact, they've said this is the greatest threat that we're facing. Is that happening though? Okay. I- in two and a half <laughs> years, there've been, you know, obviously hundreds of thousands of people who have been dobbed in on the hotline. Sure. And so you've got a mum there. Um, let me just find this real quick. Um, you've got a mum there who was reported because um, she was a conservative and she belongs to an organisation called Mums for Liberty. So she mm-hmm. fit the profile. Mm-hmm. You've got a dad there who was uh, reported because he had a lot of guns. Oh. I mean, guys, this is in, America. In the United Doesn't States. everyone in America have a lot of guns? <laughs> Wait, which state was it too? It's like, yeah, I have no idea. They're in like So Arkansas. these are the kinds of things that are being reported. In yeah. two and a half years, guess how many charges have been laid? How many? Zero. Wow. Not a single solitary charge has been laid as a result of this particular hotline, which tells me this. Because uh-huh. this is what it says, because it says something. Parents sure. who care about their children... Uh-huh are not violent. Mm, mm-hmm. They are passionate about their children, but these are not violent people. Yep. So what we need to be looking for is parents who do not care about their children because that's where you're going to find the violence. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to find the domestic threat. And wow. the Department of Justice has ceased to be the Department of Justice, has become the Department of Ideology and Propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that point too because it's, again... There, there has been such a shift away from when we talk about like the importance of traditional values and how it holds family together. Now those values are the enemy and the Department of Justice will go after you and set up a hotline for you if you hold for traditional values. Which is just incredible because it's by instilling those values, good morality gets promoted. Like this is what we yes. understand. Yes. By having a family, you like and by having a father figure and a mother figure, and of course we're talking about in the ideal situation, uh the those good values get promoted to the kids and they become more disciplined and they become more moral as a result. And less violent. And less violent. They will speak up, they will use words to solve problems. But not violence. Which is, of course, the opposite of what we see, unfortunately, say, in the prison system in the US. Well, what is it? We've shared the statistic before where it's over 90% of inmates... Inmates do not, did not have a father in their life. Yeah, wow. That just speaks volumes right there, you know, mm. and, and we wonder about, you know, why is society breaking down? How do we, how do we fix the problems in society? Well, the answer is very, very simple. We need to go back to the traditional family, which I would call... The biblical family. You see, the Bible has had the answer to this all along. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. Mm. If you read the Bible and then you try Mm. it out, we have thousands of years of research available to us to show us that this is the ideal. Certainly, it's never going to be the norm in a world of sin, but it's certainly the ideal. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson, Lyle, and in the studio this morning, we have none other than Gary Kent with us. Gary, how are you doing? I'm doing great and all the better for being here with you, Lawson. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into an interview and talk about a whole host of things. Before we get into it, I'm going to have a ne- our next clue for the quiz. Here we go. This is a fill in the blank. When I said my foot blank, 
Thy mercy, O Lord, held me up in the multitude of my thoughts within my within me. Thy comforts delight my soul. Again, when I said my foot blank, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up in the multitude of my thoughts within me. Thy comforts delight my soul. If you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text, and you'll go into the draw to win Heroes of the Bible, an amazing board game that we want to give you absolutely for free. It's four to six players. It's the ages is eight plus, but I'm sure you know you, classic thing when you play board games with little kids and you get in teams and help each other out it's an awesome board game to play with the family with friends 0491-064-669 when i said my foot blank thy mercy O lord held me up in the multitude of my thoughts within me thy comforts delight my soul 0491-064-669 hey just before we get into our interview gary i got a text message coming from from sky she says hi is this a repeat this morning? And the answer is absolutely no. Lyle Southwell is really here in the studio hanging out with us this morning, filling in for Danuta, who's sick right now. So prayers up for Danuta. And we had a text message coming in uh, from Suzanne as well, praying for Danuta. Nice to hear Lyle's voice back on the breakfast show. But now we've got Gary Kent from The Incredible Journey joining us. Gary, how are you going? How's how's life? How's it? How is it to be here in the area of you know the Hunter Valley, Newcastle, Lake Macquarie region? Are, are you blessed? Blessed and wonderfully happy to be here. And <laughs> just driving to Curry Curry this morning reminded me of just what a wonderful region this is. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful, beautiful place. And early in the morning, it looks spectacular. Absolutely. Oh, man, I am a huge fan of this area. I'm a Novocastrian at heart, so I come from here. And it's great to have you out here because you are doing some, some work here. You're getting a double. Your occupation, your background is that of evangelism, reaching people with the message of the gospel. That's it. And we're doing just that right in the heart of Kurnbong at Avondale mm-hmm. Memorial Church. Mm-hmm. So we're we're running a, a series of programs there, picking up again tomorrow night mm. and going through Friday evening, Saturday evening and Sunday evening. So, yeah, three programs this coming weekend. And uh, let me invite anyone who's listening, come along and join us. It's a wonderful experience that we're having together, studying God's Word. So, yeah, I'm here, busy as busy as ever. Mm, absolutely. Now, you're going into these programs, sharing information from the Bible that I think would ultimately enable people, your hope and, and from these programs, I, I'm assuming, is to bring people to a place where they can gain a perspective of God's Word, and enough to trust it, at least, and to see that, hey, God's work is really Word is speaking to me. It's working in my life. How has that shaped up for you to, you know, in this ministry that you've been engaged in for, for a number of years now, what was your journey into that and, and your experience, you know, the motivation to say, hey, I want to go and I want to reach people with this message of Jesus? Well, I believe that's the most important thing we can do at the moment is share the good news about Jesus. And mm. that's what the incredible journey is all about. Mm-hmm. We've discovered that one of the most effective ways to reach people is via media. That's why we're here doing radio this morning. So that's what the incredible journey does. We use mm-hmm. radio, television, 
other forms of media, the internet, social media, mm-hmm. to share the good news of Jesus. And uh, not just via media, but when we get the opportunity, publicly and personally as well. And that's what we're doing in Kurunbong right now. Yeah, I, I love that. I want to ask you a question about that because you're in the media space as Faith FM is in the media space and on television, you know, on online and whatnot, you know, sharing the message of Christ with people. What is that motivation for you to take the step into the personal realm? Why do you find that such a necessary thing? Of, of course, it's like, yes, we can continue to broadcast and, and throw out such a wide net, but why come and do meetings in person with people? Because our relationship with Jesus is personal. Oh, so, so we true. can we can share the message, we can proclaim, we can preach, we can share it on television, radio, mm-hmm. but ultimately... It's a personal matter, mm. and it's got to do with our own hearts and our relationships with the Lord himself. Mm. So it's a very personal matter, and that's why we want to meet people face-to-face. We want to speak to them personally, and we want to encourage them mm-hmm. to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Wow, that's incredible. You know, it reminds me of the book of Romans, where he's writing to the letter, you know, hoping that he it gets to them, and he's it's essentially Paul's introduction to the people, like, hi, I'm Paul the Apostle, this is what I'm about, this is my doctrine. But ultimately, you see reflected right throughout the letter, the desire that he has to eventually get to them. He's like, as much as I can share this piece of media with you and inform you as to what you should believe and how you guys should be living and, you know, maybe quelling some of the, the issues that were happening in the area, he's like... Hey, I also, I want to meet you guys. I want to spend time with you and I want you to have an experience with me um, so that we can unify together as a, as people of God and journey towards Jesus. Awesome. That's what it's all about. And so with this, with this series at, at Avondale Memorial, mm-hmm. we're doing just that. Like tomorrow night, mm-hmm. the topic is evidence for the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus real? Mm-hmm. So we're getting right down to the basics. Does Jesus matter? Is he real? What is the evidence, the archaeological evidence, the historical mm-hmm. evidence that Jesus really existed? Mm, absolutely. Because when we know that Jesus existed, when we can build that trust and that faith in him, we can have a life with him. I, I love that too. And I love this perspective of coming to evangelism that way, you know, not necessarily standing up the front and saying it's the thing you should do, but rather, hey, here's why you can do it. Uh, this is what Jesus, this is what God has provided us to really be able to believe in him, to have faith and to trust that he's there working on our behalf. And of course, that is the the mission of the incredible journey, the ministry that you're a part part of to get into these different areas to penetrate these different places via the various different forms of media and whatnot and uh it's it's amazing that these meetings are running one of the other things that you guys really highlight and focus and that we've talked about here on the show before is well the initial spread of the gospel here in australia uh via the first car to ever circumnavigate australia and to you know that it's amazing that that was it's an incredible feat of motoring history but the whole purpose of that was to share the gospel can you give us some background into the story of bubsy and you know the citroen that got around australia well bubsy is the nickname for a, a little citroen 5 cv 1923 model wow uh it was bought second hand by a young adventist evangelist missionary 
by the name of Neville Westwood. Mm-hmm. And on the 4th of August, 1923, he set out from, or actually 1925, the, the vehicle was a, a 23 vintage. Mm-hmm. But in 1925, 4th of August, he set out from Carmel College, what is mm-hmm. now Carmel College, uh, to do missionary work. And he mm-hmm. set out in this little vehicle, uh, just taking a day at a time and sharing the gospel as he went, mm-hmm. selling books about the Bible, Bibles themselves. And uh, he got so involved in this mission mm. that he ended up traveling right around Australia, up wow. to Darwin, down through Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. And he arrived back in Perth on the 31st of December, 1925. So our journey with Neville is mm-hmm. going to reenact that uh, that journey wow. in 1925. So we've got two 1923 Citroens wow. that are presently being restored and they're down in South Australia. The work's being done to restore them to their original condition mm-hmm. and then all ready for 1925, we're, uh, 2025, yeah. we're going to celebrate that, uh, 100 that 100-year years. centenary. Yeah. Uh, that is incredible. Now, of course, uh, we've had one of your colleagues on the show with us sharing all about that journey and how it happened originally and putting leaves in the tyres and shredding gearboxes in half and having to go to the local you know, blacksmith to fix cog, all kind of wild things. Are you expecting the same? type of you know tumultuous journey or, or how are you feeling about Hopefully this? Hopefully it's not going to be that serious and that complicated. <laughs> uh, in this day and age of course we've got bitumen roads, yeah. we've got service stations. Uh, in those days back in 1925 there were nothing there was nothing like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're expecting it to be a little more relaxed and enjoyable but uh, that's the plan yeah right around Australia 2025. Ah, oh, that's incredible. Well, it, 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 well, the incredible journey. We're seeing you guys just, just do an amazing work and really highlight, um, you know, a section, a, a piece of Australian history that has been, yeah, so key to seeing people be one for Christ. And I think that, you know, we see these intersections of, of history and where these major events happen. You know, it makes me think of, you know, to, to go all the way back 2000 years ago to the things that were happening, you know, the gospel crossing over into Europe and the way that that changed the world. And, and even when we talk about, yeah, the gospel going right around Australia. Now, the incredible journey doing these meetings this weekend as well. Are you going to be spending more time in Kurumbong and in this, you know, in this area doing more things other than just the meetings? Well, we've got the meetings, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. Friday evening starts at 6.30, mm-hmm. uh, each evening, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then on Sunday, we have a real special event oh, wow. that I'd like to share with your listeners. Uh-huh. We are going to have a special dinner or brunch at the new restaurant at Avondale College. Yeah. <laughs> or Avondale University. I must get that right. Now, Avondale University. Uh-huh. I think it's, I, I, I think it's called Seven at Avondale. Yeah. I'm, I'm a student at Avondale. I live on the campus. Okay. And I, I, I buy seven meals per week from there. All so right. I'm, I'm well entrenched uh, in the, in seven at Avondale. And I have to say, I have to absolutely promote it. I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but they've got just fantastic food there. And, uh, and yeah, so you guys are inviting people to come and to, if to you're listening, we've got some, some free seats mm-hmm. still available, mm-hmm. uh, for this event. And if any of your listeners would like to, to join us for this special event, 
All they need do is phone our office. Can I give you the number? Yeah, absolutely. It's 0481-315-101. If they phone that number, let me give it again. 0481-315-101. They can book a seat. Mm. Come and join us at 7 at Avondale for a wonderful event and a free meal. Oh, you know yeah. how good the meal the, oh, the food man, is absolutely. there? Uh, a free meal. Join us on Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a great time together. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and I think many people would be keen. Do you want to just share that one number with us one more time? Just so Here it is. It. It's our office number at Dora Creek. It's 0481-315-101. Mm, amazing. So you're doing these meetings here, and they're going to be running each night from here and, you know, we've got Bubsy in the circumnavigation of Australia happening in 2025. From here and for the incredible journey, what does your ministry and your, your you know, strategy look like going forward? You know, wh- where are you going to be hitting next? What are you guys going to be doing? From here, we travel back to Brisbane for just a few days on the Gold Coast. And mm-hmm. then we're down in Sydney at Dundas mm. and running a, a fuller series of programs down at Dundas. And through mm. all of this, we're producing television programs. Mm. So from here, Lawson, I drive back to Morissette. Mm -hmm. We are going to film a new television program right in Morissette this morning. So, uh, yeah, we're doing public evangelism combined with television evangelism, some radio programs Mm -hmm. such as now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, full on sharing the good news of Jesus. Absolutely. Hey, praise God for what he's doing in this space. And really, guys, if you are in the Newcastle, Hunter Valley, Lake Macquarie, or Central Coast regions, or even maybe in the northern parts of Sydney, and you want to come up and hear Gary Kent speak, hey, jump in the car, come on down, come on down or come on up to the Kurumbong area, Avondale Memorial church come and get in and you'll be blessed to hear i believe the next program will be the archaeological evidence of jesus yes. that's the one is, happening on friday is, is jesus real yeah oh incredible Check out the evidence hey 0491 is also our number if you need any more information about that hey we're going to continue on with the show now thank you so much gary for joining us this morning thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800 faith fm